AJ Jones. Over here, sweetheart. AJ Jones, come on. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. It hurts. Are you okay today? No. You look a little spaced. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I just have some pain. Well, good job. I'm a doctor. Let's talk about your pain. Where's your pain? Are we recording this right now? We're totally recording. We have started. This is the episode. <laughs> my pain is where my ovary used to be. <laughs> <laughs> is it like phantom ovary pain? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, no, it's maybe where the fallopian tube used to be connected or something. It's inside somewhere and it hurts. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Is there anything you need? A song? A, a song. A song would be great. It Why would? don't you just sing me a little song? Yeah, I'm not sure that would make you or anybody who's listening <laughs> feel better. You offered. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was bait and switch. Yeah. Episode 245. <gasps> we are talking about how to build and maintain relationships. Yes. Really how to build and maintain healthy relationships, but the title was already too wordy anyway, so I, okay. I cut that out. Before we jump into that, though, weekly catch-up. How was your week? Uh, it was good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's probably worth letting our audience know that we record kind of like a couple of weeks in advance. So yeah. we just had 4th of July. By the time this comes out, 4th of July will be a, a distant memory. But yes. it is worth talking about our 4th of July. Oh, because yeah, it I was, forgot it was the 4th. I know. It was replete with... Um, fireworks. Danger, I was going to say. But yes, yes fireworks. Danger. Danger and adventure. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, we went over to our friend's house, mm-hmm. uh, and they're in a county where you're allowed to set off fireworks where we are not. Tia's comment? Um, is Was about, hey, if we're supposed to live in the land of the free, why can't we set off fireworks in our own property? Yeah, we're like, celebrating yeah. Independence Day, and yeah. Tia was miffed, as I was too, that we can't set off fireworks in the place that we live. So as you say, we had to look up a map and work out where is it legal to set off fireworks? Yes. And so we got to go and uh, set off fireworks with friends, which was way more fun. And we also were gifted with like a whole bunch of fireworks by somebody who wasn't going to use them. Hundreds of dollars worth of fireworks. Epic, like 50 rocket type things. But when we pulled into the neighborhood, what were you feeling? Oh, it was unbelievable. (laughs) It was like everybody in all of... Nashville and Franklin got the idea of going to Spring Hill at the same moment to watch fireworks. Like it, it looked like every two or three lawns there was well, not just lawns, huge they'd, setups. They'd shut down streets in the cul-de-sacs yeah. where they'd built their own launch pads. Yeah, and I guess all the neighborhood families pulled their money together because we'd drive by and there would just be boxes like waist high of yeah. fireworks. Yeah, and then based on our experience of being in the backyard of our friend's house and listening to the. It was unbelievable. I'd never experienced anything like it. It was yeah. spectacular. You could you could look at any direction and see a fireworks show. And never mind so the one loud. we were doing. Yeah, and there would be raining debris from other people's. Yes, you know fireworks. Yeah. we were getting hit by flying cardboard from other people's, not even our own show. No, because we were firing them away from us, and I guess yeah, you know it's it, it was it was our it technically wasn't our first Fourth of July. No. As being citizens. Yeah. But it was the one that counted because last year you were in bed with Mono. Last year I was in bed with Mono. I remember I felt dreadful. And I remember I came over to the guest room window, opened the window and looked down at you guys while you ate watermelons and things. And then I went back to bed and just fell asleep. Mm-hmm. That was that was the extent of- And we had of... no fireworks. No. But there was something beautiful about watching all these fireworks. And bear in mind, I've been American for like a year and a bit. 
But there was something very, I don't know if it was nostalgic or patriotic, but I I felt really good about setting things on fire and blowing them up in the air. It it just was a beautiful night, and I loved it. I realized you still have your firework prance. I, I was shocked that you didn't address that on the night because <laughs> I was so conscious of my fireworks prance. <laughs> you, did, you still did. And Lindsay was like, look at the way they sort of like skip and run away. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's the firework prance, which I first saw in Scotland on Guy Fox night. Yes. Like, I don't even know how many years ago now, 15, 16 years ago, when, when Glenn and Anna... And you and I went out into some field on Guy Fox night to set off fireworks. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I do. The other thing that made the prancing worse was I was in flip-flops, which I thought, <laughs> this is the worst footwear <laughs> to ever like set fire to an explosive device and then try and run away. Right. And also the fuses looked so short. Now, yeah. I didn't count on the fact there was an internal fuse as well. But yes, I thought it odd that you didn't comment on the prance on the night. So I'm glad it, uh, it went without. It, it, well, I saved it for the podcast because you mm-hmm. like to make little comments on the podcast that you saved. So here it is. Good. The prance. Yeah. The firework prance. And we ate spectacularly. Oh, so good. Yeah. We had a just a definitely not keto, not anything day, just American food. It was very patriotic. I We had those what did we have? We had burgers, hot dogs. Uh, well, I'm I'm thinking of the burger stack. I had, I had burger oh. with smoked brisket, with smoked turkey, with pimento cheese, with fire roasted jalapenos, and then was there something else on top of it as well? It, it was maybe the most delicious thing I've eaten all year. Yes, I didn't have that, but we did have we had buns, which we don't normally eat. Buns, buns yeah, yeah, and uh, we had hot dogs, mm-hmm. which. I like hot dogs every once in a while. Like once a year is good. Chris was telling me this morning about a hot dog place at the Franklin Farmer's Market that we need to go to. Oh, okay. So I'm excited to try that out. Chicago Dogs, is that what it is? Okay, so that could be a Saturday morning escapade. I want to go to the Farmer's Market anyway because there's a place uh, there for buying hummus that is, is like Israeli hummus. I want to go to the Franklin Farmer's Market because Lucy Rizzo's breakfast sandwiches might be the greatest thing in all of Williamson County. That's true, too. All right. Well, I guess we know what we're doing Saturday morning. Chris and I were talking earlier, and he's like, do you ever go to the Franklin Farmer's Market? I said, I haven't been in years, but apparently that's going to be rectified. Yes, we should fix that. Okay. Uh, What else happened this week? You were out of bed. You went back to work. Went back to work. Uh, I'm still feeling super tired, I realize. You know, just... That makes sense. My first day back at work was Tuesday, and I went to bed at 7 p.m. Like, and just, I mean, I still watch TV. We watch TV together and whatever, but I just needed to be in bed, lying down, and done for the day at 7, which I just realized, okay, I'm still recovering some. I finished the Boundaries Masterclass. You did? Oh, I had so much fun. Thank you to everybody who did the Boundaries Summer School and those who did the Boundaries Masterclass. You can tell that I don't have the American part of my calendar switched on because I managed to schedule meetings both for Father's Day and for 4th of July. But it all, it all worked out. So if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, the last five weeks, well, the last seven weeks, I did a Boundaries Masterclass. The first five weeks, I did the Boundaries Summer School. It's where people would go through our Boundaries course. If you missed the Summer School and you missed the Masterclass, but you're interested in Boundaries, the video course, the Boundaries course, you can do whenever you want. It's available all of the time. And these students would go through the boundaries class. Then they would meet with me on a live call 
And I just had so much gladness being with our students. Like, what was it like every day? I mean, I could, I knew as soon as you hung up, you would come into whatever room that I was in and be like, babe, I love that. It was so much fun. So I felt much like life. Buddy the elf. I'm in yeah. love. I'm in love. I'm in love. I don't care. Who knows. Yeah, it I, felt like that. I yeah. really enjoyed it. I, I had a great time. So thank you to everybody who did that. We're thinking about doing another Boundaries Masterclass in the fall, which is like the most intense version that you can do. It's only limited to five students. And that's because I want to give hands-on. I, I want to be intentional about helping people discover their story, discover how boundaries have set them up, where boundaries are, you know, are helping them. Anyway, it's a glorious experience. But I finished it, and I had lots of gladness with that. Yeah. I really did. So good. I love it. All right. Our topic. Well, wait. But if somebody oh. were interested in doing the masterclass, how do they... Well, I haven't opened up the doors yet. Okay. So I've got a wait list for people who already did the summer school who are interested in doing the masterclass. And I am letting them have 24 hours notice that, hey, it's going to be running. But I haven't even designed it yet. I haven't even planned it. I want to wait for the feedback from the students who did the masterclass so that I can incorporate their feedback into the next revision of the class because I constantly want to iterate and make it a great experience for people Of course you do, darling. That's who I know you to be. It will probably be in the fall sometime, so September, October. Yeah. And just, you know, follow us on Instagram, follow us on social media, at Alan and AJ, or stay subscribed to the podcast. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Look at you with your, hey, give the people a call to action. Well, There's nothing to action here. Yeah, yeah. I was just more... When I I didn't know how far along you've gotten. So no, the okay. the passion is there. The planning is not yet. Lots going on, for sure. Yep. So our topic for this week is how to build and maintain relationships. Yes. This all came out of a conversation I had earlier this week with our young adult pastors, Richard and Michelle Vouders. Mm-hmm. So I meet with them each week, and we were just talking about that. We were talking about you know relationships, how they're formed. And the more and more we talked about it, and the more and more we went back and forth, the three of us, I was like, okay, I've got the topic that we're going to talk about this week. And it was just a really interesting discussion, and it brought up a bunch of stuff. And I thought, okay, let's let's kick around some ideas. Before we kick around some ideas, before I throw it open, I thought it would be good to just set some principles, some larger overarching, overarching, overarching? Overarching. Overarching principles regarding relationships because when we teach this on the school or when we you know talk about this with people usually people get tripped up with things that are actually just part of life right so they're kicking against something that's actually inherently good in the way relationships are designed anyway because here's the thing relationships heavens the fabric of heaven is relationships relationships are rich we are designed by god to need relationships to have relationships God is a triune, highly relational person. And if you think about it, like the richest moments of our lives have all come out of relationships. Absolutely. And the most costliest hurt has come out out of of relationships. relationships. So relationships are just this tremendous gift. and, And a risk. And a huge risk. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So here's three principles guiding principles that I've written down because I didn't want to forget them. Number one is that some relationships in life are seasonal 
and that's totally okay. Yeah. Like not every relationship has to be for life. Right. And that means In if it's seasonal, probably the majority won't be. Absolutely. Yes. And that means that some relationships are going to end and that doesn't mean it's tragic or sad or we did relationships wrong. So if you think about it, your childhood relationships, your childhood school friends. Like mm-hmm. I don't think I'm in relationship with any of my elementary school friends. In fact, yes. by the time I got to high school, I was maybe only in relationship with one of those and had developed new relationships in high school. Right. And then by the time I went to university, I didn't maintain any of those relationships because everybody's in different cities and doing different relationships. And I built new relationships in university. Sure. One of which, by the way, still exists to this day. Mm-hmm. But the others didn't. And it, nobody did anything wrong. You know, we didn't have a big falling out. Nobody's hurt. That's, that's seasonal. That's what it, life. That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. In the previous jobs that we've had, you make friends at work. Yeah. And now I don't work there anymore. Those relationships don't uh, don't exist. Man, don't exist sounds like such a big, heady word. But my point is, our relationship is a long-term relationship. It's going to last for as long right. as we're alive. Yes. And even then, that's not guaranteed forever. Because one of us is, you know what I mean? Like life. <laughs> it's like, life, where are you going with this? <laughs> life has got inbuilt limitations. Yeah. And that's totally okay. Yes. So a lot of the stuff as passes that we've helped people walk through is like, relationships have ended and it's the end of the world. And I'm like, but maybe it isn't. Great. You moved or you whatever. And that's, some things are just normally a transition thing where. Right. Now you're transitioning out of some relationships, and that's not necessarily bad. But that doesn't mean it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, exactly as well. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, and there yeah. is a sadness around it. Yeah. Uh, but that's, it's worth putting that. Like, it's the nature of the beast, you absolutely. know? Absolutely. Yeah. Number two, understand, it's important to understand, that our relationships will differ in intensity and frequency, and that's also okay. What do I mean by that? Well, intensity is the depth of the connection. And frequency is the amount of connection. Okay. By the way, it's also worth noting, we have not spoken to any of our friends about us talking about our relationship with them on the podcast. So out of honor and out of courtesy, I don't want to name names. Okay. But we've got a variety of relationships that vary in depth of connection. Yes. Or, or intensity. Yes. And, uh, and, and frequency. Yeah. Like, for example, one of the most consistent friendships I have in my life is somebody I connect with every single week. Yes. So that's a high frequency and high intensity relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been friends for years. It is literally an intentional relationship because we, at the very beginning, decided, hey, it feels like there's something here. What do you want to do about that? And we've built it. And so, by and large, every week... I spend time, we spend time together, and it isn't, we don't talk about the weather, we're talking about rich, deep, intimate, hearty, sometimes hard, sometimes difficult, always joy-giving relationships. That is both high intensity and high frequency. Yeah. But then I also think about the friend I was talking about that I've had for years from university, that would be high intensity, but would be low frequency. Yeah. I probably connect... We, we don't even live in the same part of the world, but I probably connect via FaceTime like once a month, once every two months. Like we don't have a standing connection like I do with this other friend, but it is still high um, intensity, and but it is lower frequency. Yeah. I mean, and both those relationships are tremendously valuable to me. Right. So it's also the friends where, like you're t- saying intensity, I'd say depth. 
you know, where you've maybe in a different season had a lot of depth with them and a lot of time. Yes. And now in your current season, whether it's because you moved like we did or whatever, it's the depth is still there, but maybe you only connect even even less than that. Maybe it's, hey, once every six months or once every year or whatever, but it feels like the minute that you're with them, it's like we just pick up where we left off. Exactly. Because the depth is that foundation there of depth just enables you to keep going there, even if you don't have a frequency. Correct. So. And it's not that those relationships are less valuable. It's like this no, is what wonderful. life allows. Yes. And again, that's okay. Yeah. That would be terrible in marriage, by the way, if we only saw each other once a month. Well, or once marriage a year. isn't designed for that. So we're not talking about marriage. We're talking, we're about, talking about friendships. Friends. Yeah. Here. All right. And then number three. We tend to attract, as a general rule of thumb, we tend to attract the level of emotional and relational health that we're living in. And this is both good and bad. So what I mean by that, the bad thing is, like if you think about relationships that are toxic, one is an addict, usually have an enabler. Right? That is, there's an attraction there because mm-hmm. one needs the other. Well, right. I'm just saying, so I think that that point... It, it, it where it gets foggy for yep. me is we're going to talk later about you have relationships mm-hmm. that you give away that relationships that you receive and right now we're talking about relationships that are both i'm talking about let's just be aware that that dynamic exists and being having your eyes open helps you make informed decisions about the relationship you're building so being aware that there is a dynamic that we tend to attract people of the you know the emotional relational health of course there's exclusions to that i've noticed in my life that i've often been been attracted to people who are healthier than me yes right so that gives me an indication of what is it about them that i'm drawn to oh it's an yeah. area where i don't have that rule is still there and and what's happened is when i've and rule is way too rigid. I mean, that thing flexes. Right. I'm just trying to point to a principle that kind of governs relationships within which we can operate. But being aware of that helps us be aware that there's a dynamic. Okay. Think about a Jezebel. Like in the Bible, Jezebel needed Nahab. Yes. So that's what I mean. Like there's there's this kind of toxicity. And even though they seem opposite, they attract because that's the same level of emotional relational health. Right. A good example of that would be Jonathan and David. Two super intense men, and yet they're connected, they're bonded in relationship and friendship. Mm -hmm. Of course there's exclusions to that. The Lord Jesus loves and seeks out relationship with all of us. And there's nowhere we're at the same level of relational health. And you're right, there are relationships where, by design, one perhaps is further ahead than another, and that's also okay. But I just I want to be able to point to that. Yeah, I mean that's sort of more what I was thinking is because I would probably say you're you're probably attracted to people that are a little bit further along, but you're more comfortable. Well, you with tend to draw that, towards you the people at the same level as you, but you might be yes. attracted to people who are further. Yeah. Ahead. But equally, I mean this to this day the most mind boggling dynamic for me is. Beautiful, godly, authentic women who tend to be attracted to men who are not their caliber. Yes. And I want to be very careful saying this. And I wrote it down to be the least offensive. Oh, dear. Okay, now I'm afraid. (laughs) Is that what you are drawn to is often about what we believe about ourselves. Uh. So as a pastor, like from the outside, I'm connecting 
with somebody who's in my community and I'm like, oh my gosh, you are strong and you're capable and you're godly and you're awesome and you're wonderful. Can you help me understand why you're attracted to this person? And it's like their view of themselves versus God's view of the person. Right. Like there's some growth and area to go to. So we tend to be the average of the people we're hanging around with. So mm-hmm. like a good yardstick of where you are is look around, who are you drawn to, who are you connecting with? And and by and large, the company we keep says something about what we believe about ourselves. Good. Okay. So I haven't talked about these like overarching principles. Let's get down to brass ta- tacks. Is that a phrase Americans use? I'm looking at an Englishman <laughs> and a Canadian. Yes, brass tacks. Yeah, let's yes. let's talk about practically speaking. How do you build and how do you maintain healthy relationships? Where do we start, Agent Jones? Well, I think initially when you're talking about forming relationships mm-hmm. is like following favor. So when you meet someone and it seems like both of you actually want to get to know the other one, that it's not like a one-sided thing, but it's like a Oh, you know, it seems like. And how do you gauge that? Like, give me, give me, talk me through a recent example of that. Of course, don't mention names, but like, talk to me about what does favor manifest like for you? For me, it manifests like uh, I'm excited to see that person. Like, I, you know, if I, I mean, typically it's going to be, you know, I walk by them at church or Mm -hmm. something like that, but I come away from any uh, conversations with them going, I really like that person, you know. I wish I knew them better. So it sparks or, joy in your heart. Yeah, it sparks joy. Um, or I'm looking forward to seeing them as I go to, you know, even if it's just you're going to see them for just a couple minutes, you know. Um, but to realize, oh, actually I have, there's a, a joyful emotion behind the thought of this person. What do you do when you feel that, but you're not sure if they feel that? So, for example, you're at church, you meet somebody new, yeah. you're in the cafe, you bump in and you're like, hey, tell me, you know, where are you from? And, you know, you visit Grace and blah, blah, blah. And you start talking. You're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I, that there's something on that person. Like, what do you do when you're not sure if it's reciprocated? Well, I think for me, historically, I'd, I'm probably a little more cautious. Mm-hmm. And so I would usually wait until there's been several different interactions where it feels like, Oh, you're also not trying to exit this conversation. So you're, you're looking for signs that there's favor for you. Yeah. And then I would probably just say, do you want to hang out and grab coffee? Okay. You know, something that's sort of low barrier of entry, you know. Low intensity, yeah. low frequency. Yeah. yeah. And just then see how, how does that feel? Like, I, I'm i not, um, this sounds off. I'm not shopping for friends. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm, I'm not like, man, I don't have any friends. I've got some great friends. But I also want to uh, meet new people and, you know, be friends with whoever the Lord's bringing across my path. You know, that is, that's part of the plan. So have you ever, someone's got favor in your eyes and you move towards them, but you don't have favor in their eyes. And if so, how did you determine that you don't have favor in their eyes? That is a good question. And my contemplator says, I haven't thought that through enough to answer. Uh... I mean, I, I, I can think of a couple times or at least one specific time when I was, you know, 20 years ago where I really wanted to be friends with this one person and I didn't realize they were terrified of me. Uh, Mm. and, and that had more to do with, I just needed an enormous amount of inner healing. 
uh, and they were picking up stuff in me that I didn't pick up in myself. Mm. And so they were sort of like, they watched me for two years before we became friends. So they more stayed like, yeah, if it's a group thing, you know, and it's not, I'm not talking dating. It wasn't a boy, you yeah. know, uh, but just sort of, they were a little bit more cautious, standoffish until, uh, if I'm honest, I, I had gotten a little bit more healing and became a little bit less scary for them to mm. uh, enter into a relationship with. So I'm not sure if that's a great example or not. Um, it's a great example because it's the example that you have. I, I'm thinking about, like, for me, favor is like a burning bush. Like, I've learned that favor isn't a guarantee of anything. Mm. So if, you remember when, uh, you know, Moses sees the burning bush and he says, I'll go over and see what this thing is. Favor for me is a, is a stop and see. Mm. Uh, uh, when I look back on my life, like, favor hasn't always guaranteed there's going to be something. Yeah. So right now I have a friend today that when I moved towards them initially, there was zero favor. And part of that was screw up on my end. So there's somebody who I was like, I didn't know them, but, and well, here's the other thing is they were, uh, for want of a better phrase, they were a public figure and they were known. So mm -hmm. here's a dynamic, like you, you know, you encounter uh, an author, a podcaster, a YouTuber, a filmmaker, a speaker, a public figure that has impacted your life. There's this weird transaction where you have gained so much from them mm -hmm. and they don't know you exist, mm -hmm. right? And so it's weird because we build connection, relationship, and it's all lopsided. And this was this person. So here was somebody who was incredibly influential to me. They didn't know that. Right. And I uh, was carrying that thing of like, oh, my gosh, you've totally impacted my life. I would love to connect with you because also I think it would be great friends. Right. Which is so horrible because you can't audition for friendship. Right. And if we don't understand that, we'll get hurt. Right. And then we just think, well, that person's just mean or whatever. Oh, that person's a jerk. Yeah. Well, that person doesn't even know you exist. And actually, you were kind of rabid in the moment. And that's what happened. Like they, you know, the, and they were friends with a friend of mine. And I leveraged, leveraged, I mean, leveraged the friendship I had with my friend to get to them. But that sounds way more um, horrendous than it is. Basically, a friend I do have is friends with this person. Mm. And one day I happened to see them together. And so I went up to say hi legitimately to my friend and introduced myself to this person because I thought they have favor in my eyes. I wonder what will happen. Yeah. And when I went to speak to this person, I had zero favor in their eyes. This person had zero interest in getting to know me. Now, I tell that story because it's got a happy ending because today that person is a very good friend of mine. Yeah. Here's what I want us to understand, because often when we talk about favor, uh, it can be like this binary, like you either have favor and if you don't, if you don't, boohoo for you, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not what I'm saying. Sometimes not having favor in somebody's eyes is a gift from God. Yeah. Because that person isn't going to be part of your story, and that's okay, right? So God's saving you lots of energy, lots of emotion, lots of time you know, buffering you to the relationships that are going to be life to you and keeping you from the ones that won't be. So at that time, I went away bummed because I would love a connection with this person. But I'm also aware I didn't have that connection. And it could be me. It could be them. It could be God. It could be timing. It could be nothing. Right. Don't read like in the one sense, favor is vital to learn how to grow in and steward. And in another sense, favor is really nothing at all. Right. So, it's, yeah. It's maybe just a potential spark. It's a spark, and you you follow it, and it might be, you know... You might find out there's nothing there. You might find there's nothing there, and that's still okay. I've learned to let that go. I've learned not to worry about that. So same example, 
you meet somebody. Here's an example from a couple of weeks ago at church. I'm at church. I'm looking around. Somebody I've never seen before in my life totally stands out to me. And there's a curiosity in my heart, right? It's like a light upon them. I'm going to go over and see what that light is. I don't even know if they have favor in my eyes. All I know is out of a room full of a couple of hundred people, this person stands out to me. So I go over and introduce myself. I'm like, hi, how are you? I'm Alan. I'm, you know, one of the leaders here. Just, just want to welcome you. Like, where are you from? I'm trying to start a conversation. There's you know, the conversation's okay. I'm I'm not trying to gauge too much about whether it is or isn't. And I'm thinking I would re I'm so interested in this person. Like mm. they have favor. I'm like I'm interested to know why I'm interested in them. So I say, hey, I, you know, I'd love to grab coffee with you. And they say, yeah, I'd love to. So we swap numbers. I text the person. They ghost me. They never get back to me. Okay. I don't go away going, oh my god, what's wrong with me? Like why can't I connect okay. with these people? Right. I just think, okay. Maybe it's onto something later. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Hold all of these things loosely. Yeah. And try not to write a story about the other person. Or about yourself. Meantime. Yeah. Because we tend to fall into the two ditches. Like yes. they're mean or I'm sucky. And right. like neither are true. Well, maybe both are true, but it's <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> all right. So that's favor. Follow favor. Yes. See where favor leads you. When you're in a relationship as well. Allow favor to dictate what's going on. Yeah. Like, don't be so worried that all relationships have to last forever or what happens is... Or look the same. What do you mean? Well, I think sometimes we think, well, uh, well, I don't even like the term anyway, but, you know, when people are like, well, yeah, we're besties. Well, besties mean something different to, like, everyone and then right. also all different generations you know right. what i mean and so i sort of kind of avoid that altogether uh, all of my friendships that that probably if it came down to it would i describe all these ladies as as besties yes you right. know but every single one of them is completely different the amount of time that we get together you know even some of the depth that we have all all different um, and all valuable. And all valuable. And they're not supposed to look the same. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not looking at their time that they spend with other ones of their girlfriends and going, well, I mean, if I was really a bestie, uh, you know, like I think that that whole thing of comparison and all that kind of stuff, it just, it'll eat relationships. Never produces anything good. Yeah. Before we move on, circle back and talk about, you were talking about the relationship with where you had no favor, but then you said, well... But now I have favor. So, yes. what, like. So, you know, I see my friend, I go up, uh, like, it's clear I have no favor with this person. And so I let it go. And I'm just like, okay, I, you know, it, the math doesn't work. I can't be friends with everybody. Can't make it happen. And this person can't be friends with everybody. And yeah. this person doesn't know me from Adam. So I'm not offended they don't want to connect with me because they don't know me. Yes. Like, it was a one random thing. And so. Like, now this person is a good friend of mine. Yes. And I'm trying to chart, like, how did that happen? And largely what happened was I got another opportunity to be in their orbit. And rather than trying to make something happen, uh, I just, I don't know, I, I let the Lord promote me is a wrong word. But, you know, I just, yeah. I got on with being me. Yeah. Without trying to curry favor with this person, right? Because if you're and ever we kept trying, crossing paths, we didn't did, we? And yeah. And I think that even all of that was the Lord, like just right. Yes, uh, yeah, we did. We just in the course of doing life or or getting on with life, we happened to cross paths with the person, 
I believe that favor is a gift that God gives to somebody else on your behalf. Basically, God highlighted them to me. And in the course of just doing life, our paths kept intersecting. And we had opportunities to kind of meet a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And it grew into something. It grew into the thing that I wished I'd always had, but didn't. But I didn't really do anything about it other than just worked on being myself. Yeah, be normal. And probably the first time I met them, I was less like myself and more like a version of myself. Because like, oh, here's this person. I really want them to like me. Well, you were nervous. Yeah. Was I nervous? I mean, you were there. Well, yes. You you experienced me as nervous. Yeah. Yeah, I was probably out of touch with (gasps) what I was feeling because I was in some sort of trauma. Like, please like me. You know, but also when they didn't like me, I was okay with it, wasn't I? I'm now thinking if I was out of touch with I, I mean, I forward. think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sure there's a lesson in there. All right, we've got to step one. Follow favor. Step number two, I would say, is don't be afraid of relationship audits. And by a relationship audit, I mean, don't be afraid of actually working out which relationships are are giving you the most amount of life in this season mm-hmm. and don't be afraid of allocating resources mm-hmm. to the relationships that are giving you life and and maybe lessening the relationships that aren't like you're not a bad person for doing that you're actually stewarding your time you're stewarding your influence you're stewarding your relationships and here's why I encourage you to do that intentionally it's going to happen whether you do it or not right. like all relationships will run a course in their life Yes. You know, you'll get busy, you'll move away, that person will get a promotion, that person gets married and then starts spending less time with you. Not because of you, but because they're now married. They'll have kids, they'll have two kids, a medical disaster will happen. Like, life will take care of ebbs and flows, so don't be afraid to stand back and observe that and evaluate that and then adjust your priorities as that needs to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I think think it can be tricky if you're more sort of i don't know that i want to say emotionally wired but if you uh what do you mean by emotionally wired well that's why i don't know if i want to say it i just i i'm just thinking like you 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 can assess things and go okay so these people you know boom 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 they when i'm with them i feel full you know, I have life, you know, I feel yay. And then these people, I'm, I'm still friends with these people, but it's, it's, there's more effort on my part. There's more, you know, there's more spend. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so, but I think I've, I also know people who maybe tend to be more emotive than I am or, uh, that, that can't assess things like, like that. Like it feels wrong to them to assess based on spend and joy level that it's like, well, that's, that's not okay to, uh, to feel like pe- some people cost you more when in reality, some people just do cost you more. And also and that's can, not bad. That's not bad. And you can assess it and go, and you're worth the cost. Or and, I don't have capacity. In I don't season. have, right. Um, so I was also just thinking that, like that, uh, it can sound super clinical and callous and callous, but I also feel like in different seasons of life, there is times when you need to pare back Mm -hmm. and realize I'm at capacity. And so my capacity looks like I'm going to be what, what time I have, I'm going to spend with those who fill my tank 
And in for fill my tank, I also mean those are people who, after I've been with them, I feel uh, my heart feels full. I feel like you. I mean, they're all Christians. They're all people that I'd be like, oh, I want to go. Like I'm excited that we talked about that, and I want to go look at. That. Like I feel encouraged in every area of my life mm-hmm. because we're running in the same direction with the same kinds mm-hmm. of goals. Um, and then I'll also have seasons where I'm like, Ooh, I feel like I have more capacity and could spend more time, uh, with people who I, I am aware I'm choosing, uh, and it costs me uh, more and it's costing me more, but it's still so worth it. Right. It's probably helpful to introduce the, uh, the three types of relationships we tend to think about when we're stewarding our relationships. So there's three types of relationships. Uh, there's more, but the model that we use is there's relationships that we're investing in with people, and the gain it's not more about them and less about me. Like so, I'll talk about me rather than we, mm. right? So there's there's relationships that I've got in my life. Let's start in the middle that are just so symbiotic mm-hmm. and so you know. Being with this person is easy and it's life-giving and it's iron sharpens iron and it's wonderful and it's rich and it's easy and it comes naturally and it's great. And that that relationship is each party is getting life from it and it's beautiful. Then there's relationships where, um, where here's a great example, where I'm being mentored, where somebody is spending time with me. And largely, if I'm honest, I'm probably the greater recipient of that relationship right. than they are. They're spending on they're you. They're spending on me and I'm going away with all this. And it's not to say that they're like, you know, being held hostage and have to do that. There is life giving. But like I think about I think about John Arnott, for example. Mm. Like there's nothing I can teach John Arnott. Like there's nothing I can you know, he's not going to be wowed by my revelation on the prophetic because everything I learned came from him. Like, he, right. you know, so being with John, like I go away so filled. Now, hopefully being with John is not arduous and painful for John. Right. Right. But I'm coming away like feeling full. If I go out with John, like there's not much I can do for him. He no, earns you're gonna more spend money more than time me. Listening and exactly, you're going to, yeah. Right. And I'm, yeah. I'm understanding that I'm the greater recipient in that relationship. Yes. And I'm sure if you spoke to John, he'd be like, oh, I love Alan, but I can't offer him what he offers me. Right. And gotcha. that's okay. Yes. And then there's other relationships at the other extreme where I'm, I'm giving away more of me and I'm getting less back, but the relationship is just as valuable. Right. Because I'm sowing, I'm investing into this person. Yes. And I might not be coming away going, man, their insight on that was revelation because I'm not in relationship with them for insight. I'm in relationship with for companionship or I just love the vulnerability that this person right. has. But going away, it, it, it it's not quite like the middle one. Am I making sense with that yes. example? Like, so yeah. there's ones where you're... You know, you both win. There's ones where one of you seems to be winning more, and there's ones where you seem to be winning less. Or I don't like winning, but winning receiving. Is a word. Receiving. Let's say receiving. But even then, I think of the relationships I have where I'm investing in other people, and I might not be coming away with stuff that I would be from other relationships, but there's still value in it. Absolutely. It, but it costs me more. Yes. It's it doesn't come as easily. Yeah. 
those three relationships, that's also helpful to do in an audit. How, like, if all of your relationships are the one where you're giving away, no wonder you're feeling maybe burnt out and exhausted because you're not getting filled up. And when you talk about an audit, you're not suggesting sitting down with this person and saying, hey, I've come to the revelation that right. really... The cost-benefit uh, analysis cost of this benefit, relationship. Uh, it's, you're more talking about in, in, with yourself as you step back. in different seasons, as you step back, assessing, oh, what what... What relationships do am I currently active in, and where's my spend? Where's my or which relationships am I flourishing yeah. in? Which yes. relationships am I investing in? Yes, I mean you know, or which relationships am I receiving from? And yeah. making sure there's a balance there. Yeah, and I've I've also had times where the Lord's like, "Hey, this person, I want you to just plan that you're spending like this." But I wonder if part of the reason. Well, they're. But let me finish. Sure. The, those relationships now, they're the they're the equal even. Mm-hmm. You know, we both receive. But they started off with, you you plan that you're going in to spend, yep. not to receive, and uh, you know, a couple of them are now like long lifelong relationships. Mm-hmm. So you know, and then I've also had ones where I just plan to spend, and it's a short term. Spend and I still get, I still get plenty, but it's you know, so I think again you're you're back to seasons and that's too. But well, I was going to say I wonder if part of the reason we have such rich, rewarding relationships is because we've sown where we want to go, and by that I mean like one of the things we've never lacked in life is prophetic revelation. Yes, but one of the things we spend a huge amount of time doing is giving away prophetic revelation. True, like. So yes. we've sowed out tons of prophetic ministry, prophetic words, prophetic direction, prophetic encouragement, and we also seem to receive it. But also, over the years, we've spent years investing in relationships that might not be the biggest payoffs then, and we've either received from those relationships in later in life, or God's given us other relationships which are incredibly rich and rewarding. So, yeah. follow favor, audit your relationships. Yes. Number three? So number three is time is your most valuable asset. So steward it well. And again, that's this kind of tags on to number two. Like yeah. this is why you're doing relationship audits, uh, again, internally, not with the actual person, uh, is to be able to steward your time in the current season mm-hmm. that you're in. So that you can intentionally decide where you're going to spend your time spend your time and what yeah. relationships you're investing in yeah i remember a really powerful conversation i had where a friend basically came to me and just challenged me on that like hey it feels like this relationship's really important to you like our relationship but the amount of time that we spend together is lower and so i really want to challenge the notion that it is important i was like that is a great great perspective and this was years ago like 10 15 years ago but that really challenged me to think about the relationships so even the one that i have that i was talking about that every week i spend relationship i remember way back when that started in its most embryonic phases it would be favor we'd had a met for a couple of coffees and met up a couple times over the years and i remember this person saying hey i would love to do relationship with you which by the way is a key it's always worth asking what that phrase means what to What does that mean to you? When people yeah. say, hey, I would love to do life with you. Hey, I'd love to be in relationship yeah. with you. Hey, I'd love to build a, a friendship. It, like right there, do an audit. Like what does that mean to you? Because for some people, hey, I really want to you know, do life with you means let's get a coffee once in a while. 
mm-hmm. on one end of the extreme. To other people, it's like, let's sell everything we have, live on a commune together, and you know, share every. You know, I'm just like, no, no. <laughs> right? So I spent some time with this person. Like, yeah. what does that mean to you? And yeah. what are you prepared to invest? And and what would that look like for you? And like, I remember, like, we just talked about that, what would that looked like. And I remember both of us going away and praying about that. Well, and you prayed about it for ages before ages. you came back together and but, dis- discussed what you what it could look like. Right, because if I'm going to spend time, invest time, which is the most valuable asset I have, I'm actually a steward of the time that God's given me. So is this, gonna, is this where the Lord's going? And I remember the Lord very clearly saying, this relationship will be, a, you know, a life-giving relationship to you and to them. This is a long-term relationship. This is a great area to invest. And so I was like, okay, great. So armed with that, having done that audit, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm investing. And it's just a huge reward, huge dividends in terms of friendship. So, so, but that may sound quite intimidating. Like, sit down and have this conversation about what, because right. I, I would say I don't, I don't know that I've, uh, with any of my current, like with my besties, all yeah. of those have been organic yeah. relationships. None of them have I sat down and had that conversation. But I would say that has been organic too, because I, I didn't meet with them going, okay, well, here's my 20 point questionnaire before we enter into an agreement to be friends. Right. It came out organically and the needs and the desires and the longings, you know, all happened very organically. Okay. I, I'm probably describing it very clinically. Yeah, it sounds clinical, and I'm like, oh. But then a lot of my process is very procedural yes. in yeah, nature. It is, like yeah. All of my decision-making as a high contemplator is go away, be with God, think, process, pray, yes. then act. Yes, and I think some of that comes down to uh, wanting to be a, a person of your word. Mm-hmm. And so if you're actually going to say, yes, I would like to do this, you want to make sure I have the time to do this, I have the emotional resources to do this, or the willingness to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that it doesn't become, well, you said we were going to be friends and, right. you know. But I would also say, in, to counter your thing, I've watched you do versions of that with your relationships. Yeah, I just mean I don't, I don't, I have probably, but probably mm-hmm. not like sit down and just had like a, what does friendship mean to you? This is what it means to me. Now let's go away and pray for a month. And then, you know, I haven't done that. I haven't... Uh, but to be sure, I haven't done that either. That version of it sounds... I, I just realized it sounded okay. kind of yeah. like that. I'm so. happy that you, yeah. you, you clarified that. Yeah. yeah. So time, working out where you're going to spend your time, super yeah. important. Yeah. In addition to time, another important component is to think about trust. Today's podcast is brought to you by the letter T. Well, trust determines really the strength of your relationship. You can't go far with trust. Yeah, without trust. Without trust. Yes. What did I say? With trust. Oh, yeah, I meant the other one. We say this all the time when we teach on, you know, which we're going to come at confrontation in a second, but like you can't drive a five-ton truck of confrontation over a one-ton bridge of relationship. Yes. So trust determines like where you can go in relationships. So that's another thing I used to help audit, like, well, what kind of relationship is this? I remember a friend saying, you know, like, why? I, I gave them some feedback, and they said, like, how long have you known that? And I said, like, a couple of years. Why have you never given me that? I was like, we didn't have the, like, look how hard it is for you to receive this feedback now. Right. What would it have been like a couple of years ago to say, oh, by the way, this. Right. So you're building, you know, friendship, relationship. You're looking for trust. You're looking for, like, how far can we go? I would also say, though, babe, we have the added dynamic of we are also leaders. Okay. So a lot of the people that we might be friends with, 
not all of them, but in some with some of them, we are also we also function in the capacity of a leader mm-hmm. uh, in their environment as well. And so sometimes I think, like when I'm thinking about how I might, as a friend, I might respond like this, but with an awareness of I am a leader, with an awareness of maybe how leaders have treated them in the past or things that might mm-hmm. going on, I'm probably going to respond a little bit differently so with an awareness of the two roles that I play. Even if even if friendship is a bigger role than leader, mm-hmm. you know, because because you have relationship, yeah. you know, I, I'm I'm also often aware of that, of like, oh. That's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking you're absolutely right. Like uh, several of my friends I have, I'm also their leader, but I don't enter the relationship with them as their leader. Of course I am, but I never lean on that. I'm always leaning on, I access them through the friendship portal rather than their leader portal. Well, so that's what I'm saying. I am doing that, but I am aware as well mm. that like just things like I I even though we're friends, I don't tend to say things flippantly or whatever because I'm also aware that I have a capacity to wound as a leader. Right. Even though I think we're just meeting as friends. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then I also think a lot of the friends that we have are also leaders in their own right. Yes. So there's also that interesting yes. dynamic at play. Yeah. So number five. Yep. Uh, watch for emerging patterns. What do you, What do you mean by that? So, you know, if if you realize all of your you're having relationship after relationship and they and they're all uh train wrecking in the same, you know, in the same way mm-hmm. or uh you know, you realize, "Oh, I get super close with people really fast and then I realize everybody backs away from me or whatever." So, those kind of things are indications that we we probably need some help with how to do relationship in a healthy way mm-hmm. when you keep getting the same results that you don't want to get, mm-hmm. but it's just happening over and over again. Yeah, we often talk about like if every relationship follows the same path, step back and see what the common denominator is. Sometimes the common denominator is you. Sometimes the common denominator is the type of people you're in relationship with. Yeah. But basically that paying attention or being aware of the dynamics is like a gift waiting to be discovered. Like, what is it that I don't know? Like, I remember, this is years ago, that a lot of my relationships would go so far and they wouldn't go any further because I actually wasn't willing to risk. Right. And so it was friends who called me on that, like, hey, have you noticed? And I was like, you know, at first I thought they were wrong. And then I was like, oh, dang it, they're right. Yes. Oh, yeah. This far you may come and no more. Okay. And then, you know, explore what's in my story that led me there. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. And you've talked about calamity. It doesn't just have to be calamity. It could just be things fizzle out. Or I think, like, paying attention to your story helps you set realistic expectations. Yes. Uh, going forward. Yeah. One of, the, probably the transition we've all experienced, being on both sides of it. Like, I remember when one of my friends, we were both single at the time, and one of my friends got engaged. And I remember feeling really hurt that he started spending more time with his fiance than me. Right? Yeah. Now, at the time, I didn't have capacity to see beyond the horizons that I had. Right. Like, all I could do, interpret, was that, that guy's a jerk because he said that we were friends. But now, look, he's off. Yes, he's off building a new relationship with the person he's betrothed to for the rest of his life. Like, it was yes. hard for me to come to terms with that relationship by necessity is more important than his relationship with me. Yes. And that's not wrong. That's called relational health. Well, and growth. 
and, and maturing right. and life. But we've all yeah. gone through that because, yeah. you know, a number of years later, I'm the person that's getting married. And probably the people I'm in a relationship with are like, I can't believe Alan's spending more time with AJ than with me. Probably not because they're probably in a healthier <laughs> place than I was. But that's just one example of like, okay, yeah. like pay attention to the narrative that you write when things don't go your way. So, for example, I remember a time in our life when some friends of ours were, they, they were probably noticing a pattern like, hey, you spend less time with us than we once did. Mm -hmm. And in order to help them, what they didn't realize is, yeah, in the time that we used to spend a lot of time with you, our life looked one way. Mm -hmm. And now our life looks completely differently. Like now we have three small children, Yes, you know, all under <laughs> the age of six. Yes. You have no children. Uh, and so, so your life looks largely the same and ours is yes. out of control. And the stresses on your job look very different from the stresses of our job. And only one of you works and both of us work. And, uh, you know, now those those people, their lives look much more like ours. And so probably their grace and their understanding of what you're going through is, yeah. you know, is different. Yeah. And also you can't blame people for where they're at because, no. you know, they don't know. In the same way that I was looking at my friend going, why aren't you spending more time with me? Just understand that that whole thing flexes and paying attention to the pattern, getting outside perspectives is really, really helpful. Yeah. And make sure you're not writing a story about that person and what they can actually, what they can give you. Because we rarely actually yeah. realize how full another person's life actually is. Right. And, and another way of doing that, like being careful about the story you're writing, is if you've developed trust, which was whatever point it was, point four. Four, I think. Right? Yeah. Is if you've got trust, you can go to them and say, hey, I'm writing this story. Can you tell me if any of it is true? Yes. Because tremendous joy. I mean, we just did that this week. Like, hey, hello, friend. I'm writing this story about you. Can you tell me if any of that's true? No, none of that's true. Oh, my gosh. So much I relief. I feel so much better. Okay. So, and that's yeah. why trust is beautiful. Yeah. All right, point number six, our final point before we pivot into something different, mm -hmm. is learning to grow in the fine arts of communication, confrontation, and having a value for boundaries. Yeah, I'm sad that boundaries didn't start with a C, because oh, then we could have had three Cs, but okay. Communication. Confrontation. Confrontation. And boundaries. Yes. I remember when Dan Farrelly... From Bethel mm. came. He said this brilliant line. He said that, that confrontation is healthy and conflict is normal. Like mm -hmm. that just set a new paradigm, a new expectation for relationship. Mm -hmm. Of like actually having a confrontation, having a conflict doesn't mean the relationship's about to end. But again, if that's been your story, that's why it could be scary. Mm -hmm. But learning that like being in relationship with other people who have different opinions from you is going to produce conflict. Like even in our marriage, we have conflict. We need confrontation. Yeah. And it's good and it's healthy and actually having... It actually builds a relationship. It strengthens if it's done yeah. well. Yeah. But you need a healthy understanding of boundaries. Otherwise, all the other person's communication is going to end up in your rejection bucket. Yeah. Like if you can't hear no without feeling rejected, you're going to have very, very shallow relationships. Because yeah. those shallow, those relationships are all going to be codependent. Well, you become a scary person to have a relationship with or even to attempt. Yeah. Well, that's the scary thing. Like, yeah. Again, this is why trust is important. Like going to people that you love and you've demonstrated, like, I'll be okay with the answer and asking, how do you experience me is one of the most refreshing, rewarding and terrifying things to do. Yes. Because a lot of us don't know how we're being experienced. We have a story and usually we're the hero of the story mm -hmm. and other people are mean. Mm -hmm. And actually just stepping back and actually exploring, like, how am I experienced by my friends in my community is really, really helpful. Yeah. 
Any yeah. other thoughts about any of that stuff? I, I think I just want to circle back to one thing. And, and yeah. the reason I'm thinking about it is I'm thinking in light of, you know, last year where it felt like, uh, it felt like there was like this pervasive thing of if we don't agree, we can't be friends. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, through, throughout the whole year. And, and certainly, uh, because most of us were in our homes launching grenades from social media, mm -hmm. uh, it made made it much worse. But that felt like a pervasive thing of like, unless we agree on everything, you and I can't be friends. And uh, but that isn't actually true, and it's not at all healthy. Mm -hmm. So, being able to confront well uh, and ask good questions and not assume that you know the answers and uh, communicate what you're feeling mm -hmm. um, and and have boundaries and all those kind of things and do life together whether you agree or not but because you've chosen to be friends mm -hmm. uh, is a way healthier way of doing things than I will only be friends with those that agree with me because right. nobody's ever going to challenge you're never going to grow anymore mm -hmm. if, if what you're looking for is we must all agree to be friends um, you're going to have really sh a shallow life because nobody's ever going to challenge right. the things that you're choosing to, to hang on to. So, yeah, I, I, I guess it's just more of an encouragement of um, don't just surround yourselves with people that have the exact same opinion because I don't think that's healthy at all. All right. Let's pivot here. Here's where we're going to pivot. Let's wrap this up because this is already a long podcast. Mm. I, before we started recording this, asked about uh on instagram does anybody have any questions we got some really good questions so rather than trying to sandwich all those questions in yes let's stop let's record a brand new episode just on questions about this episode okay and then we'll launch that one so hope this has been super encouraging stay tuned because next week we're going to be answering the questions all about this topic um if you want the show notes for this week's episode go to alan and slash 245. If you want to become a member, which gives you behind the scenes video access to all of our podcasts, if you want uh, discounts on our products, if you want to be able to have uh, your questions asked, priority Q&A, go to alanandaj.com slash join to become a member, and we will see you or be with you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan yeah. and AJ oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone